His story. His story. My, this series is about, a, a, about ordinary people with extraordinary stories. In the last couple of weeks, if you've missed any of these amazing testimonies and stories that we've been playing in our service, I encourage you to go back online, go back on YouTube, listen to them. We, first week, we started with Lyle and how Lyle overcame um, cancer. Then we had uh, the amazing Michael just up here sharing about how he overcame difficult things in his life and then lucky, honestly, um, going through and talking through these things and how we struggle, especially when it comes to things like within our marriage because, you know, the old thing, oh, I thought when we get married all my troubles go away. No, it doesn't. How many know that everyone who's married knows put both hands up, feet up, we know what it's like, right? And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Then last week we had the amazing Beth sharing her story and how uh, getting through alcoholism, I hope that was the right word. If not, I just made it up. Alcoholism. Put the L in. There you go. I skipped it the first time. So just say it fast enough and everybody think will know what you're talking about. But this is what the story is about ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Because we all have a story. You have a story. Every single one of you in this room has a story. But more importantly, God wants you in his story. Because his story is my story. Um, many of you know that um, if you've been coming the last couple of weeks or hearing my lament about the rugby team I coach. I coach my, my youngest son, our youngest child, he, the under-15 rugby team for Fraser High School. So uh, I'm, I'm there. And, um, and what we do in our trainings is we, we, we work on skills, drills, all, you know, all those things, but also we work on game plans, structure, patterns, getting into a rhythm, and all these things. We, we practice and practice practice structure, structure, pattern, set pieces. Structure. Then what happens when they play the game on Saturday, all that goes out the window. Uh, yeah? Does anybody know what I mean when you're coaching uh, junior scores or maybe you play on the team and that's exactly what happens? Right? It all goes out the window. Right? It's like play structure. No, I just want the ball and I'm going to get through this millimeter gap. There, I know there's an overlap, but it doesn't matter. I can get through this millimeter gap. You know? Uh, and, and you know, and, and because what do boys want to do? They want to have fun. Right? They want to win. But here's the thing, that what, what they, sometimes what we fail to understand is that sometimes there are people that have your best interest in mind, right? Even when you don't have your own best interest in mind. There are people who have your best interest, or like as coaches, we have our team's best interest in mind that's going to achieve the goals that they want. But it comes to trusting. Will you trust us and learn? Because here's the thing, right? Uh, we all know as parents, when it comes to our children, if you're a parent here, we know what, a, what it's like when we have our children's best interest in mind, even when they don't have their own best interest in mind. Has anybody ever been a child before? Anybody? Yeah, we've all been, we've all been teenagers. We, you know what it's like. I know what it's like when, when my parents say something to me and I say, you don't know what's best for me. I know what's best for me. I have my best interest in mind, when actually, in fact, I don't. Right? Because here's the thing. No one planned to have bad health. You know, when I get older, I'm going to have bad health. I'm planning. No one planned that. No one planned to have a failed marriage. Because, oh, another five years, you know, I'm going to, yeah, you know. No one planned that. No one planned to be in debt. No one planned to be addicted to something. The thing is, we know what we ought to do, Right? But we just don't do it. We know what we ought to do. I know I shouldn't be eating that. <laughs> right? I know what diet I should be on. I know I should be doing some exercise. I know I should be cutting down. I know, I, I know all of this, but I just don't do it. Right? 
And we just keep repeating the same mistake over and over again. Because we really believe that we have our own best interest in mind. We really believe that. But in actual fact, we don't. We don't. Oh, I'm going to have this, 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 this one cheap meal. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to have this one last drink. That I'm only going to do this one last time. And then I'm never going to do it again. Right? Come on. We've got to stop kidding ourselves. Right? Because we believe that we can control the outcomes. Oh, I've got this. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We try to get to the edge as much as we, and, and, and down the bottom is, is tragedy and despair. And we go, you know what? I'm not going to fall. I, I've got this. I'm in control. And then we find ourselves in breaking point. We find ourselves in breakdown, right? Because we thought we can control the outcomes. We really did. You know, um, later on, we're going to have a, we're going to have Justin's story. Very, uh, later on, very soon, so you, uh, you do not want to miss this, his story as we begin to talk about these things that we're going to be discussing this morning. This morning. See, here's the thing. No one has your best interest in mind more than God. I'll say that again because I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> no one has your best interest in mind more than God. Often as human beings, we live with the sense that our security is what we can control. Right? That's what we, we this is how we live. That, that we, have this, we have this facade of what we think is security. And we think we can control it. Rather than leaning on God's wisdom and trusting in God, we trust in our own security. And because we really believe that we can control our outcomes. Right? In fact, the book of John talks so much about how much God has your best interest in mind. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 14. I'm going to take it from verse 12, and this is Jesus. And Jesus, this is what, listen how Jesus starts. Very truly I tell you. Very truly I tell you. Meaning, lean in. Listen, this is really important. I don't want you to miss anything of what I'm about to say to you right now. Lean in. This is Jesus. Lean in. Get a bit closer. Listen. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me. That's what Jesus is saying. Whoever believes in me, the one who trusts in me, places confidence in me. Here's the thing. You can say that you're a Christian, you're, you're a Jesus follower, you, you can come to church every single Sunday, but here's the thing. Unless you're someone who puts your trust in, your confidence in, you downsize your control and increase his control over your life. This is what Jesus is saying. Lean in. Lean in. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Right? This is where it all starts. Here's the thing. Where do you put your trust in? When it comes to your finances, where do you put your, what do you put your trust in? When it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your sexuality, when it comes to, to your health, to your diet, where do you put your trust in? Oh, I've got this. Don't worry, I've I've got this controlled. I've got it all sorted. Whoever puts their trust in me, whoever believes in me, right? And go down. This is what happens when you put your trust in, when you begin to believe in. This is this is go down to verse 16. This is this is what happens to someone who does. This is Jesus. He goes, verse 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. How long is forever? a long time. 
Because Jesus, he said, I'm going to go. I'm going to ascend to the Father. So Jesus, me, Jesus in the physical, I'm going to ascend to the Father. But you know what? You're not going to be alone. Because I've asked the Father, he's setting an advocate. And this word advocate, it's the Greek word parakletos. Everyone say parakletos. Anybody do Scrabble? It's a good word. They use for Scrabble. Parakletos. This word parakletos, this word means this, this word means counselor. It means encourager. It means comforter. It means a helper, which means you have a living helper. If you put your trust in, if you put your hope in, if you, if you believe in Jesus, that means you have a living helper. You really do. See, which means I've got somebody who is willing to help me in every challenge. I've got someone who is, who is willing to be with me in, through every weakness, in every season of my life, in every opportunity. It's called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in me. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm sending. I ask the Father. When you put your trust in, when you put your hope in, you've got an encourager. You've got a comforter. You've got a counselor. When you put your trust in, and he's going to live inside of you. He's my helper. He's living in me. He's not leaving. Right? He's not leaving. He says forever. He's going to be with you forever. Meaning he's not like, well, I'll just see how good he's going to be. I'm going to see how good she's going to be. Oh, you know what? Oh, oh, you know, oh well, look at that. She, they did this. Oh, my gosh, that's it. I'm gone. I'm out of here. Oh, that's it. I'm going home. No, it's, it's, it's not forever. He's living. He's not leaving. It's not short term. He's not just here during my good times, right? My sunshine. He's not here just, but he's staying with me even when I'm failing. He's with me. He's a voice of light in the middle of my darkness. During my darkest time, he's the, he's the voice of light that I lean on because he always, 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 always has my best interest in mind. That's why he's called the comforter. Because when I'm uncomfortable, he's there to comfort me. Then the verse goes on. The world cannot accept him. This is Jesus talking of the comforter. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. The parakletos. The world cannot accept him because it, it, it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. You know what's tragic? Is that many people in church don't see him. Don't acknowledge him. Don't even know that he's there. They don't even invite him into any situation in our lives. Then when was the last time before you made a decision? The Holy Spirit, I'm inviting you into this situation right now. Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need your guidance right now. Every decision that you make, everything we do, can you imagine what your life will look like when we begin to, to invite the Holy Spirit? Because He's your helper. He's your encourager. And He lives inside of you. Everything we do, I'm about to switch on my smartphone. I'm about to switch on the TV. I'm about to, about to put the computer on. And Holy Spirit, I need you right now. And I'm inviting you in the situation what I'm about to view. Because He always has your best interest in mind. He always does. 
Because this is true, the more we need God, the more we see God. But when we say, well, you know, I can control all the circumstances. Um, I can believe in my own security. You know, when we get to that point, this is also true. The less we need God, the less we see God. Because when I'm comfortable in myself, then I don't need a comforter. I've got this, Lord. Because here's the thing. We know what we shouldn't be doing, right? We know what we, when I'm about to do something, we don't invite the Holy Spirit in. So we just pretend he's not there because we know what the answer is. You're about to do something, right? And if you ask the Holy Spirit, you know what the answer is. But, but we do it anyway. So let's just, just, oh, just pretend you don't see it. It's okay, I've got this. You stay here, I've got this. I'm just going to the edge. I'm just having a look. It's okay, I've got this. Right? Because we still believe we can control the outcomes. See, a lot of us, we exp- yeah, and um, sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit like he's Superman. Right? He swoops in, saves the day. Like, I'm struggling in my finances right now. Love Lord. I'm just, I'm just, I'm coming before you. All I'm, just help me win this lotto ticket. Anybody prayed over a lotto ticket before? Don't have to lift up your hands, right? We, we'll go pray afterwards if you need prayer. For, oh, I just need, I just need some more money, Lord, and, and I can get through. But here's the thing: God never, when we read the narratives of the Bible, He, he almost never acts like He never swoops in and saves the day. You know why? Because He works with us right where we are. Because, oh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to help you, I'm going to save you, here's some money. And he's going to help you right where you are. Because he's more interested in building your character. He's more interested in building your faith. He's more interested in building who he sees you, he sees your potential, and he calls it out because he knows the purpose that he has for you. And he's more interested in building you up than just swooping in and giving you all the answers. So I'm with you. That's why he's called the helper, because he's with you. Through those times, I'm in rock bottom right now. I need the helper. I'm uncomfortable. I need the comforter. I, I, I need the counselor. I need the paracletos right now. Because, And he's, I love this. Because it's often when we get to the point of breaking point, when we get to that point, it's, it's often sometimes when we, when we cry out to God, and this is what God says to us, because are you ready to let me help? Are you ready to let me, me help? Because he will take you from breakdown to breakthrough. Because breakdown comes before breakthrough. We just want the breakthrough. We don't want the breakdown. I'll just give, Lord, just, I just want money right now. Yeah, that's all I need. Just give me the breakthrough. You've got to go through the breakdown. I'm struggling in my relationship. I just, Lord, just change her mind right now, Lord. She's always really angry about this. Rather than that, God wants you to change your prayer like, Lord, help me. Be a better husband. Lord, help me be a better wife. Lord, help me be a better father, be a better mother. Rather than saying, you're praying wrong, you're praying for them, you need to pray for yourself. Breakdown begins with, uh, breakthrough begins with breakdown. But in order to get breakthrough, you have to go through breakdown. Breakdown comes before breakthrough. And if you find yourself in a breakdown right now, and you have your trust in, you have your hope in, you believe in, get ready for a season of breakthrough. The season of breakthrough is around the corner when you put your trust in, when you put your hope in, when you allow God to begin to work with you right where you are. So what does it look like when we put our trust in the Holy Spirit? 
Well, I'd love to share with you Justin's story. So take a look at this. Brought up in a Christian home. My parents have been Christian all my life at least. And um, got one younger sister and also had one older brother who um, died when he was about six weeks old. His name was Nigel. And that was something that I guess always stuck with me a little bit is thinking about God's goodness, you know, being brought up as a Christian. Uh, that was one thing that was maybe raised in discussions with my parents and it was raised in conversations with others as well is, you know, how can a good God allow suffering in the world and, you know, having, say, my brother taken away at such a, a young age. But I think that has been an amazing testimony itself for a lot of people that, you know, uh, in something like that, losing a child or losing a, a family member or something like that, you can either get bitter or better. And I think that has been a, a turning point for a lot of people. When I got to the age of about seven, going through a children's church, I remember this one time where we were asked whether we wanted to give our hearts to, to God, give our hearts to Jesus. And I don't know what it is, what it was about that time, but I really felt compelled to that this was the moment, this is where I needed to make a decision and I was at the age where I could understand what it meant to have Jesus in my heart. And so that was the, the moment I really remember, about seven years old or so, where I actually gave my heart over and I made that decision, that constant decision that I, I don't want to just be living some plain life that doesn't really mean anything, I want to be in the relationship with Jesus. Certainly I've, I've done some silly things in my time and made dumb decisions and paid the consequences for them, but there are a lot of things I could have done and a lot of paths I could have gone down that I didn't. And I'm just so thankful for, I guess, God's intervention there. And I know it's been my, my parents and grandparents praying over us as well. And you really felt that covering and things could have been a lot worse than they actually were, which was great. Would have been early, early teens, I think. I'd just come out of the intermediate program. And it was about that time that I started to hear these hear people talking about wanting to, you know, do you want to serve? Do you want to join up a different team? Do you want to help out in kids' church? And I, I, I can't remember what it was that drew me to it, but I certainly felt like I, I really wanted to be able to serve. I wanted to be able to give of my time and energy into something that's going to benefit the next generation. Funnily enough, I was only an intermediate. I was barely above these kids' age, but I still felt a, a call to actually serve in kids' church. That, I think, was the first step in my journey of being able to really see how I can use my talents and abilities to serve in God's kingdom, not just outside these four walls, but inside these four walls as well. Moved into youth from there, and eventually coming out of youth and became a youth leader at the time. Around that time, I was also asked if I wanted to start learning the, sound, uh, the lighting in the church and it was fairly basic at the time, but it was something that interested me. I quite, I've quite enjoyed technology from an early age. So I learned how to do the lighting and how to drive the audio visuals here at church. So I started learning sound in, in youth group. I remember that that was a good way to learn, good, good introduction. There weren't too many people, so it wasn't really that embarrassing if you made a mistake. And I made some very big mistakes back in the day. <laughs> but I was asked eventually if I wanted to join up the sound team for the main church. And so one thing led to another. I joined the team and eventually 
Uh, a couple of years down the track, I ended up leading the sound and audiovisual team at the back when it was fairly simple with one sound desk and one computer. There <laughs> wasn't much to it. And uh, now it's sort of grown into quite a quite a, a Starship enterprise <laughs> with multiple computers. We've got streaming, we've got you know, AVs, we've got lighting, we've got environmental projection. So there's a lot of stuff. I'm a tech guy, I love that sort of stuff. Uh, but when it comes down to it, it's all about building atmosphere. It's easy to say, oh, I, I do sound, I do lighting because it's cool, it's fun, it's, it's technology. But what's the reason behind it? There's got to be a purpose. And I've always really enjoyed being behind the scenes. I'm not a limelight sort of guy. I prefer to operate quietly in the background. Uh, and that suited me perfectly well to be a, a cog in the works of really setting an amazing atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move in, in these, these functions, these venues of the events. If you are even slightly musical or you have an interest in that sort of thing, there's an, a, a, an amazing community in, in our worship team here. They're all fantastic people and we all just love worshipping God, loving drawing people into his presence and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister. So I would definitely encourage if you're interested to go for it because it is there is a sense of fulfillment you get in serving and in worshipping God through your talents and your abilities that you won't find anywhere else. I went from there and I ended up doing a degree in, at Wintech, doing a Bachelor of Information Technology, and came straight out of that into a job doing programming for a company that did automated telecommunications. It sort of felt like I was on this blessed highway where I didn't really need to apply for that many jobs. I, I never really experienced that sort of putting in your CV time after time after time and not getting any results. But when I came out of that job there, I ended up going and working self-employed with a, a friend from church here. And we, we worked for about a year and a half doing a bunch of very experimental research and development. When it came closer to the, the end of that and realized it wasn't really gonna be viable, I needed to probably go and get another full-time job to make sure I could you know, financially support myself. I thought, oh, no worries at all, I've had these this blessed highway before, I'll just need to throw a couple of CVs out and I'll be back in a job again. Funnily enough, no, that wasn't the case. I ended up actually applying for a, quite a number of jobs and nobody seemed to want to take me. And after a number of months, I started to call it my wilderness time. And it just seemed like no matter where I looked and where I applied, I couldn't get a job anywhere, surprisingly, because I had a decent amount of experience, had education, it just something didn't seem to be lining up. In hindsight, I realized that was really God actually showing me that, hey, it's my grace that gets you through. It's not by your strength, it's by my strength. And I really needed to lean on God at that time to trust him that even though I could watch my bank account slowly dwindling and the dollars slowly running out and I couldn't see a job on the horizon that he was gonna look after me and he would make a way where there seemed to be no way. As it got pretty close there towards the, the running out of savings and family was starting to say, well, hey, if you need a you know, bailout or something like that, just let us know. I uh, actually didn't need to get to that stage because finances just started to appear where it made no sense for them to appear. I remember there was like tax refunds and things that I totally didn't expect. And it was almost like God saying, you get the point? Here, I'll get you along a little bit further now, trust in me, trust in me. 
from that time I really do remember that I think my faith was built through that time of not being able to trust on my own abilities or my own provisions but just solely being reliant on him to to make a way forward. It was interesting because one of the jobs that I saw I thought okay I can see myself fitting these criteria but I clearly can't see myself fitting these criteria and my now wife Crystal actually said well why don't you apply for it anyway I mean surely that stuff can be learnt so I put my application into a place called Gallagher as a, a software developer there and they came back and wanted an interview and very very quickly within a number of days a week from applying to when can you start and yeah that was that was amazing it was the, the end of the wilderness period but also I just learned that God will provide when he opens the door no man can close it and when he closes the door no man can open it so I ended up actually starting this job just over four years ago now and entering in as a intermediate level programmer software developer I quickly moved to a senior software developer from there and then moved into a team leadership position where I was responsible for running a high-performing team of sort of professionals. And most recently I've been promoted up to a software architect at Gallagher, so I'm now working as a someone who helps to design and direct some of the high-level decisions there. And I can only accredit that to God. Uh, I mean, there's no way I can say that I've gone from an intermediate level with my background to an architect and four years without God's help. There's no way I could do that in my own strength. That's certainly not my doing. Um, so I'm yeah, very, very blessed, very thankful. In the years since then, I think God has clearly brought people into my path to be able to minister to them. Not in a, you know, shove the Bible down their throat, but just to be a friend and just to encourage them. It's really easy as someone who works out in the field to think, well, how is God using me in my job? I just go to work, I earn money, I come back home. Where's God and all that? But I think it's going to be really interesting when we get to the end of our lives and we're showing, I hope, <laughs> where we're, you know, we maybe we sowed just a few words of encouragement or we shared a simple scripture or something like that and what an amazing difference that's made in people's lives. I think that's something we won't really know until we get to the other side. I started to um, build a relationship with this amazing woman who's now my wife, Crystal, and we've gone through such an amazing journey of really seeking God and finding out what it means for him to be real in our lives. And I remember just before we got married back in 2019, we were having a discussion about uh, baptism because neither of us had actually been baptized. All the way through my younger years, I was sort of thought, oh, baptism's a great idea. It's a nice to have, but I don't really feel it's right for me at the moment. And we had this discussion about, wouldn't it be cool to, to be baptized and to, to really draw a line in the sand and saying, I want you, God. I want to dedicate our marriage and our hearts to you, and I want to set up our family for success in you. And so we ended up both getting baptized at the start of 2019, just a couple of months before we got married. 
was a really special moment and really set ourselves up for the right path, I believe, as we moved into our marriage. And we've now got one um, handsome little boy and we've got another wonderful kid on the way. So uh, yeah, it's such an amazing blessing. And yeah, for a long time, I didn't really think I had a testimony. I thought I was, you know, raised a Christian. I never had any massive big trials. And so I don't have a testimony worth sharing, but I've actually learned over the, the, the many years since that actually a, a testimony is quite powerful, regardless of whether you've been raised in a Christian home or you've had a, a very different life. You look back, you have to look back and see where God has operated in your life because it's very easy to look at your current situation and see despair or hopelessness and say, God, where are you? Are you even going to arrive in my situation? Are you even going to help me? But if you look back and see those, those um, milestones, those memorial stones that have been set up in your past of clearly God has worked here, 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 here. There's no way this could happen in the natural. And that's a real faith builder and a real hope builder in those hopeless situations. You know, here's the thing with, um, with Justin. I love what he said, you know, because we've had so many different testimonies, right? And I really wanted Justin's testimony. He was shocked when I asked him. He goes, me, I haven't really got much of a testimony. I was going, you've got a, you've got a great testimony because you, we all have a story. We all have a story. He goes, what do you want me to say? Is just, just speak and let God speak. And I love it how God moved through his life and trusting. And we think just because you're raised in a Christian home that nothing bad happens to you. You know, you, you, oh, you, oh, you, know, you don't have any tragedy in your life. And right from the start, his, his, having an older brother that died, regardless of what your story is, you have a story that's powerful. I love how we shared about him going into the workforce and couldn't get a job. Anybody now that relates? Come on. When we begin to trust in, when we begin to put our confidence in, we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work in your life. God begins to do amazing things. And uh, I used to be his youth pastor back in the day. I feel so much older now. You know, now that he's like, he's multiplied. He's multiplying. You know, it's crazy. All the youth, all your youth are now multiplying, which is crazy. But we all have a story. But more importantly, God wants to be involved in your story. Will you put your trust in Him? Because He loves you just as you are. But here's the amazing thing. I love this. He loves you too much for you to stay that way. Breakdown comes for a breakthrough because his story is your story come on let us pray